This is Idle Inspiration, the show about finding our next favorite role-playing game or building it. My name is Caleb. I'm David. And we are here to talk about another game. It's another day and we're ready to do another episode. Yeah. This episode is going to come out today because that is when it's due. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so that'll be fun. We've officially reached the <laughs> point of uh not having a backlog so <laughs> yeah fun. Nice. david what are we doing today we are going to talk about fate and uh i think we'll do mostly fate core and then we'll add some addendums for for fate accelerated in there since they're very similar <laughs> for those of you not watching the video stream and just listening to this on audio i am currently holding up the fate core book we'll probably link to evil hats website um the fate like srd website so you can and if you want to hear us play this uh you could probably link our current uh role-playing reoccurring show orphans of the american dream where we play ourselves in fate core but 10 years after the apocalypse happens uh and mostly we just kill a lot of people so yeah it's good stuff (laughs) and i try to get david not to kill a lot of people yeah that's true Yeah. yeah i'm a player in that one which is fun yeah yep yeah. So I just re- I realized something the other day, and this is slightly off topic because you but because you brought that up. Uh, yeah. We've now we just played Orphans five weeks in a row. Yeah. I think that I think that might be the first time ever we've played five weeks in a row without an interruption. Really? Because Crow Inquisitors, it's not. It's like I don't yeah. think there was ever yeah. a point where we did five weeks oh. in a row yeah like dang uh, yeah i guess I, I think it helps having connor be the gm i think he feels more compelled to be there and then we have this small enough group that everyone is like uh you're insulting me david mostly well no what i'm saying <laughs> I, is, I know, I know. <laughs> i'm saying he has to be there so connor can't be like i've got other stuff to do yeah, yeah. so then it happens <laughs> all right well Oh, you're on thin ice there, David. Not that Connor's usually the reason that we don't play necessarily. Right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so... uh, Fake horror. Fate, yeah. Uh, Where do we want to start, you think? Yeah, I mean, so this is going to be like review episode. Um, We'll probably talk about... I think it would be fun to talk about um, fake games we played in the past um and various like because we'll, and i'm sure we'll that'll just be a natural outgrowth of our talking about the mechanics is like hey, and this and this was fun because it happened like this this one time and all sorts right, of things yeah. so that'll be fun to to reminisce on a little bit um let's see we played two main fake campaigns we've where we did um uh the promise of safe return was the first one we did is when we first started playing fate we were doing our weird like dawn of worlds like world building thing and then we zoomed in and did a campaign um and played fate fate core for the first time um and it was a lot lot of fun um messing around with the mechanics we definitely did not understand how the game worked when we first (laughs) started playing the first time through is a little rough but it was fun (laughs) and i think maybe the first thing i want to start off with talking about fate is when you're first starting fate especially if you're like coming from like DD, one of the main things you have to watch out for is the fate mechanics work in a very particular way and it is thus it is fate points are the way that you get any bonuses in the game right except for when another character is helping you the only way like the way to call on the things that your character is good at like up and above like what your skills bonuses actually are is to spend a fate point or to like get a free free invocation which is basically like spending Mm -hmm. a fate point and yeah. and I feel like real real quick, like the, the reason I bring that up is like, I think when we first started, we were constantly complaining or like the players at least were, um, I was trying to understand the rules. So I was trying not to complain. Um, but like that, I was like, but no, I have this on my character sheet. It says that I am yeah. good at this thing. Like this aspect tells me I'm good at this thing. Why don't I just get a bonus? Why do I have to spend a fate point? Mm-hmm. Especially like you said, from D and D where yeah. D and D and burning wheel and stuff are the kinds of games, which at the time, I don't think we we hadn't played burning wheel yet yeah so they care about everything right like if you have a bonus it should be in some kind of 
yeah, it should give you some kind of relevant thing. Yeah. I like to think of fate points and fate as the camera in mm-hmm. a show where it's like, okay, sure, maybe you're on a hill, but unless you spend a fate point on it, the camera doesn't care that you're on a hill. It doesn't care that you have the high ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or Obi-Wan, I guess. <laughs> like, you know, it, it doesn't matter unless... Obi-Wan says, I have the high ground, Anakin, don't try it. He probably yeah. had the high ground a bunch of times in that fight, but it didn't matter until he said so. And <laughs> until, he, until he's created right. an advantage. <laughs> exactly. And I feel like, and that's just how, that, that was the way that I got my mind to be okay yeah. with that. Because I was like, why do I have to create an advantage to benefit from a thing that should just, like, I'm on the hill. Why do I have to create an advantage to be on the hill? <laughs> right. And I realized when I, when I start thinking about it from a narrative or a, a, like a cinematic perspective mm-hmm. and a, a question of focus and only looking at certain things when they matter and when they're interesting, instead of trying to look at everything all the time, it made it make a lot more sense and great on my nerves a lot less. Um, and, uh, and honestly, then you get to appreciate whatever it is that's being used at the time for its, its own, you know, uh, merit or whatever. And then, Look, for, look at something else in your next role or whatever, whatever you're spending fake points on that. Um, it also means that you have to be engaging with the mechanisms that give you more fate points as yeah. often as possible, which is good because that drives the game forward. Uh, because otherwise the camera's not really looking at anything anymore because no one's spending fate points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think that sort of fits, uh, necessitates rather the engagement with probably, I think the hardest mechanic for me to remember if I'm like thinking about GMing or even as a player, which is to constantly be compelling, compelling and trying to get yeah. um, fate points, which I don't know if you want to talk about compelling next or if you had somewhere else you wanted to go. Well, let's 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 kind of like give a breakdown of like a yeah. normal like character sheet of sure. Yeah. Of the game. Uh, but yeah, I, I was thinking we should start with just like a breakdown of the character sheet um, and just kind of like what the relevant things of a fate character sheet are. Um, just so we have a uh, what's it called? The pegs to hang our our thoughts on uh, our our proverbial hats uh right obviously the most important thing in fate is aspects um right aspects are phrases that describe some significant detail about a character they are the reasons why your character matters why we're interested in seeing your character in the game aspects can cover a wide range of elements such as personality or descriptive traits beliefs relationships issues and problems or anything else that helps us invest in the character as a person rather than just a collection of stats aspects come into play in conjunction with fate points when an aspect benefits benefits you you can spend fate points to invoke that aspect for a bonus when your aspects complicate your character's life you gain fate points back this is called accepting a compel um so like they have in, in the book they have an example lily's character Sinir has the aspect tempted by shiny things on her sheet which describes her general tendency to overvalue material goods and make bad decisions when gems and coins are involved this adds an interesting fun element to the character that gets her into a deal of trouble bringing a lot of personality into the game Right. So aspects can be to describe things, just can describe things that are beneficial or detrimental. In fact, the best aspects are both. Right. So that's the that's the first main thing about the game is um fate cares about these descriptive phrases that determine who a character is. Um and obviously all characters in the game can have these. Uh so NPCs will often have them as well. Um, and so they can be invoked and compelled the same way. Uh, there's also situational aspects, right? So when, as David said, you're standing on a hill, um, you can create an advantage, roll to create an advantage and basically say, I'm taking advantage of the high ground and now I have bonuses. Um, and so you can get free fate points that way, basically, you know, free bonuses to just spend on on yeah. that aspect without spending a fate point. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's the most most important mechanics. And as, and as David said, that's like the, the currency of the game flows through that. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, the main mechanism of the game flows through those those aspects and so there's in theory you, you, what we should you know be doing when you play fate is um spending a lot of fate points on aspects and getting a, accepting a lot of compels from the gm and other players on your aspects so you can get fate points back uh, there should be a in, in a good game of fate there should be a constant churn of fate points happening so yeah uh, and one of the reasons that that mechanic works so well is because uh when you're compelling an aspect more often than not you're trying to get the character to do something suboptimal or interesting that they wouldn't be <laughs> maybe yeah. uh 
inclined to do as a player otherwise, but then you're rewarding them for that action. So the more that you're compelling people, the more that they play their character as they've written their character, the more cohesive the character becomes, the more interesting the story becomes. And they're still being rewarded for it, even though maybe now they're in a tough spot because now they're getting fate points. And as we discussed, those are very important. And so I think, honestly, that dynamic right there is maybe my favorite thing about fate. And I think what makes it such a strong system is that you're, you're encouraged to play your character the way you've written them in a cohesive way. And in some cases, literally compelled to, because if you don't, if you want to refuse a compel, you have to actually spend a fate point to say, no, if you're out of them, you can't say no. The most you can do is maybe clarify how, what you meant when you wrote the aspect that's being, um, compel just to make sure everyone's on the same page but i mean if there's a reasonable compel on the board and you don't have any fate points your character's doing the thing that you wrote on the character sheet i remember one time connor i think yeah. connor's first fate character this is one of our favorite things to bring up about <laughs> yeah. it he wrote uh lust after women this is trouble and then the first time that caleb tried to compel him to lust after women he's like what are you doing we're like dude <laughs> you put it on your character sheet <laughs> like this is how fate works you have to, that's how it goes i think he immediately changed it but yeah. um and, and that is the nice thing about um about fate right is yeah yeah, because at the end of every session you have the ability to like shift around or change one thing about the character sheet that isn't like the high concept so connor i think connor at the end of that session just changed his trouble to probably something about knowledge or something like that like too curious or whatever yeah yeah i think that's right Um, uh and yeah so all that to say it it creates a really tight loop of I play my character the way he meant to, meant to be played. I get points. I can use those points to focus the camera on things that benefit me. I get to do the things I want to do. And then I run out of points and I get compelled to do things that my character would do that maybe aren't optimal, get more yeah. fate points. So mm-hmm. it, it's a really tight and really interesting system that plays off of the narrative statements you've made about your character is the other thing, right? Like it wasn't an option you had to pick out of the book. You said this about your character. Now it's true, right? And to the point where it's at the core of that, that sort of gameplay loop. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah i think that's honestly my favorite thing about it and um mm-hmm. it's at the core of both fate core and accelerated as well yeah mm-hmm. that and that's like probably like the the thing about fate that is makes it what it is um yeah so there's a couple of other things just i guess to point out that it will be probably briefer on the character sheet right you have skills um skills are what you use during the game to do complicated or interesting actions with the dice each character has a number of skills that represent his or her basic capabilities including things like perceptiveness physical prowess professional training education and other measures of ability um usually these are one one to four um and these are this is mainly what you're rolling uh, i mean you're not really rolling anything else these are the things you're rolling um in fake core um and so the aspects and whether you know situational aspects and aspects on your character sheet are going to give bonuses to these things right you're going to make a roll based on a skill and you're going to say well because i have the high ground i would now be better with this fight skill because i'm you know want to cut off anakin's legs um right um, right yeah and you can you're spending these invokes to get a higher roll on a skill um the the dice in fate are four usually you're rolling four um what amounts to basically being three-sided dice right um yeah it's you, you, it's d6s and two faces have a plus up like a plus sign two faces have a blank sign and you just nothing and then two faces have a minus sign so basically you're adding up the pluses and minuses and the blanks to basically get a, a number from minus four to plus four um as your roll and then you're adding whatever your skill is uh and and then from there adding another aspect bonuses um, and that's probably one of the big departures i think between core and accelerated just yeah. as a side note accelerated doesn't have skills instead it does a more um a more powered by the apocalypse type thing you have approaches and so if you know say forceful is one of your approaches if you're like i kick the door down you're like okay well that's a forceful roll you'd roll yeah. plus forceful and then you would interact with the systems of the game pretty much in the same way you just don't have the skills to call on yeah, um, it's it's more about like general. It, it's just a lot, e- a lot not not easier, but like a lot simple. Um, simple uh, I don't even know if that's the right phrase. I'm like it's um, it's more focused on the the themes or aesthetic of your action more than the yeah, actual right. thing you're doing. Right? It's like it's it's. I mean, again, more cinematic in it's that way. Approach, where it's just this right. character is good at being yeah. forceful in any situation. Yeah. Right? It has the effect of being like I always thought it was really weird in D anD D when my character would end up with like twenty strength and 10, 10 constitution and i'm like i might look like the mountain from game of thrones but i get pushed over by a stiff breeze for yeah. some reason mm-hmm. whereas in fate core or fate accelerated rather um 
if you're a forceful character, you're just, you're good at being forceful. It, it really helps solidify a theme. And I actually really appreciate that. Um, although it does lose some of the nuance of yep. difference between two characters that yep. maybe fake core has, because for instance, two forceful characters might end up looking a lot more similar in fate accelerated. Whereas you could have, I mean, Jared and my character in orphans is a good example. We're both very aggressive characters, like very yeah. fighty characters, but mine only shoots guns and Jared's, only punches people so they're very different in how they approach it and that wouldn't come off as much uh, especially mechanically and fate accelerated as it would in in core which is probably why that's like i said i think that's probably the main departure Mm -hmm. between the two there's also this i mean fate core is 289 pages uh fate accelerator (laughs) is 39 (laughs) so there's there's obviously they pared down the rules a lot to to just kind of like give it like a plug and play aspect um and and we have ended up playing Fate Accelerated several several times too, and it's and it's definitely a very fun session uh, system. It definitely has a a slightly different feel because it is very like pared down in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like we've played you know two games of Fate Core, one of which is that like kind of high fantasy um, magic system oriented thing. Um, with lots of magic. I mean, we added a bunch of new skills to the game to like do them all the various magics right. we wanted to exist. Yeah. Um, and then we did Orphans of the American Dream. Uh, and now we're, uh, you know, coming back to that, uh, doing like a post-apocalyptic thing, um, which it's it's kind of funny because Fate Core itself isn't necessarily like super naturally inclined toward apocalyptic nah, fiction. It's pulpy. So, um, but I mean, the way yeah. we've played it, like compels are very, mm. um, they, they definitely like, um, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, feed into a post-apocalyptic kind of dark mindset. And so mm. that was, I think what we focused on the most as like the, the, to yeah. get across that feel was like the dark compels about your character in the situation. Yeah, Connor, Connor's done a good job about, um, using I mean, because we've built characters who are pretty dark and he's been very good about using that to create a dark setting in a system where it's actually very difficult to die, yeah. especially when you are minimaxing to not die. Um, but uh, <laughs> like, yeah. Hey, look, mine minimaxes to kill people. Jared's minimaxes to not well, die. Well, fair. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I only died because they're already dead. Uh, or I only don't die because they're already dead. But anyways, um, <laughs> I now I've lost my train of thought. The best defense is a good <laughs> offense. I guess so. Yeah. Um, but where was I going with that? Um, Dirt compels pulpy. Right. Yeah. He's done a good job of, of using the game's strengths to give us that feeling, even though the mechanics itself don't necessarily feel grim dark, right? Uh, they don't feel gritty or, or anything like that usually. But if you, use narration and compels in a good way and you have characters that fit the setting you know no one's running around and you don't have taco from uh from the adventure zone running around (laughs) making taco jokes and trying to create a taco the whole game which is great in that set in that setting and it would totally derail the the tone of this uh, of our setting so i think it's fate can really be tweaked to use whatever system you want um it's just that you have to understand that Whatever genre. High lethality is just not really a thing too much. I mean, like our characters feel really lethal and that helps. But I mean, I've, I think I've taken one stress box of damage the whole campaign so far. Um, The closest Jared ever got to dying was when he let me shoot him twice. (laughs) Uh, I know you've gotten hit a couple of times, but your characters aren't built to be quite as fighty. And also um, I think it was a mental wound anyways. Yep. So it was kind of a cheeky blow. Um, But uh, yeah, I think. It all to say it, it's very flexible, even though mechanically it's got a very pulpy feel. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I was just gonna say like right off. Yeah. No, I was just yeah, just say off that like just kind of like filling that that space. Like fate accelerated. Then we've played several right. more like one shot stuff. I think we we did a, a short campaign of like four sessions um with yeah, uh called the uh, the four horsemen yeah the four horsemen, horsemen, yeah, the four horsemen yeah. which is which is the same uh idea right it's alternate versions of ourselves except this time right. in a like alternate fantasy, fantasy america 
which was a lot of fun for me. Right. Uh, and so yeah, I was the GM cool. of that one. Cause I think, I think the main reason we did it is because I was like, I really like that idea and I want to be the GM for one of those. Right. Like I, I want to be able to create alternate <laughs> yeah. stuff. Um, and it was, uh, it was a lot of fun doing that too. And, and those characters feel a lot more, um, pulpy because I think even, yeah. you know, cause we're focusing even more on like fate accelerated, like, you know, the simpler aesthetic of everything. Um, and so, right. Yeah. It's not as it's not as like nuanced, and so it's just like I am forceful, I am whatever, yeah. And you just yep. do it, do the thing. Um, but uh, and and we've done uh, like ping pong high school uh, was a fate accelerated right. game. <laughs> yeah, of course it was fun, fun time. I I, f- I feel like if if you're gonna play, if you want to play an anime like one shot oh, fate accelerated is is a good choice for sure um yeah i can't think of a better system in, that i've seen for maybe an, an rpg well but that's so hyper specific i know but a particular <laughs> there, kind of anime one game that, i mean yeah i you're not wrong <laughs> i mean you could probably get away with doing that in in uh accelerated you could for sure um i mean the i think the thing the thing about made rpg and obviously this is off topic but the thing about made rpg is like you randomly roll for everything when you start the game and so come up with the kind of exactly it introduces an element of just complete randomness that anime sometimes has Uh, and it's hard to just like think of on the fly sometimes that's Um, true (laughs) that's true but uh, yeah so we've done we've done a lot of a lot of fate. Uh, I feel like I'm trying to remember if we've done any other fate stuff besides those four main ones. Um, obviously, you've been making bonds, which is like a fate hack. Um, yes, I, and we played that's several. The only other one that comes that. to mind. Oh uh, no, we did an avatar one shot. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I I at the very least did an avatar one shot on. With eternal alias people, uh, with fate accelerated. Um, I, yeah. I don't know if I've I think we did, did it with you guys. We did one a really long time ago. I think Connor might have run it. Um, I, don't, I feel like that might have been the Mistborn Adventure game, though. Oh, was it? He I think it right. was. Yeah, it was so long ago. I don't remember. Yeah, I think <laughs> I we were doing. Fate, but you might be right. Yeah, I think we were doing Mistborn. Um, that okay, was because okay. we were still in that like transitional swing period of like every yeah, everything we want to play is going to be in the Mistborn Adventure game for some reason. <laughs> That's because yeah, we knew it. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, and actually, that uh, reminded me of, of a point I was going to make previously. Cool. Um, because this was a thing we originally that drew us to the Mistborn game was that it had non-combat options, right? It had a resource right. system yeah. and it had like social combat. And while uh, Fate has a less codified version of that, it doesn't really have like a here's your mental combat system or like here's your you know, it has a well, it kind of does, but well, it just you makes have a separate stress ta- track right. for uh, mental attack. So you can literally have a character who talks during combat and like talks, pe- does damage to their will. Yeah, and then um, the actual like wounds that a character, the consequences that a character can take, are shared between mental and physical. So once they get past that initial special track of stress, like sort of pseudo damage. Uh, for the, the mental attacks, they can still contribute to the physical conflict basically through their talking. And actually in one of our recent sessions, um, Connor had a character, he was a child, he was being incredibly disturbing during our, a, a fight and was attacking characters mentally. Um, and uh, and he was a child, so he couldn't just blow his head off. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like we were doing to everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so yeah. Uh, that is an element I think I like about fate too, is that it gives you the option to move in that direction as well. It doesn't really put as much effort into it as, as like say Miss Bourne did, but it allows it to happen. You could have a social combat using a, the, the will stress check and stuff like that. Um, it, I think it does a good job mm-hmm. of giving you that uh, a base for that option. If you want. Yeah. And, and like the way to actually like do the, do the like damage is the same as it would be for any other skill, right? Like you're, you're doing the same right, action. Yeah. You're doing the attack action. Um, and so fate deals with it by just saying like any side of sort of combat you're going to do is the same thing. Um, like you're just roll. It, it's the same mechanics. And that is something I really appreciate about fate because I mean, something like D and D for example, like 
it basically like says if you want to fight someone here are here is 300 pages of complicated rules to to <laughs> and use like six other books to do yeah and six other books to add additional options if you want to persuade someone to yeah. not fight you make one roll yeah and persuade. just yeah. Uh, yeah roll of persuasion check and that's or better it. yet cast a spell <laughs> right <laughs> exactly walk away. yeah and and so yeah it's um, really yeah. cool to have games that flesh out this you know other parts of the game besides combat um because then it, it, yeah. it incentivizes you because you know that's the thing right even the most like pacifistic D group right and you, you can't really be actual pacifists in dnd because that's would be the no. enti- that wouldn't be the you would you would be missing the entire point of D&D. you wouldn't have a game to play you wouldn't have a game to play yeah. but, but like even the most like you know peaceful diplomatic sort of party in dnd is gonna want to fight stuff eventually right like oh yeah it's because it's just not fun to constantly just be right. like i roll a persuasion check he's on my side now i roll yeah. a persuasion check he runs away i roll a persuade like eventually you you want to because the, like the point of D is to um your character like your class yeah. right is built Get around fighting stuff yeah right right uh, and if you don't get to use those toys, then what's the point, right? And so persuasion checks in D&D yeah. often feel like, yeah, we just don't want to fight right now. We'll just, we'll just do this instead, right? Yeah. Um, or if there's like an important NPC that you need to like be on your side or something like that or convince of right. something, then that's the situation. But get a better price on something. I, I, and this is one thing I'm really excited about. And obviously, we're kind of off topic again, but like uh, I'm really excited about um, EN Publishing's uh, level up game uh, which is a 5e advanced version um oh, and uh you so I, I talked about this before but i signed up for their newsletter david and they've been sent you should check it out because they've been sending out yeah. a bunch of playtest documents okay. for like yeah. revamped classes and stuff and like nice. the two main things because the you know the three pillars of D, as it's described as combat um social encounters and exploration um okay. And basically they're like D and D does, you know, it already does combat. Like it has right, so many options for combat. We want to flesh out the other two pillars mm-hmm. um, to have like car- class options, right? Like oh, in awesome. built into the classes okay. themselves to help with exploration and, uh, and social stuff. And really cool. um, there's a lot, I'm, I'm really excited to see what they come up with in terms of like the actual, like more structured mechanics of like a social encounter or a exploration encounter and mm-hmm. there have been some of the stuff that they've sent out like specifically for ex- for exploration stuff yeah. which is like um exploration encounters <laughs> as you go go across the land and like challenge like skill encounters right. those sorts of things based cool. on exploration that's really exciting so, yeah that's that sounds awesome yeah I'm, and I'm excited. I'm, I'm hoping that they'll have it mostly done by the time I start my next D&D campaign, yeah, um, yeah. because then I can I can maybe not actually play in uh, play the level up advanced D&D mm-hmm. uh, because I, I doubt like there's so many other options for for 5e at this point. We don't want to like completely go to just what they have but like use a bunch of pieces from it and yeah, to like advance. Like. Yeah, take yeah. what I like from it. Well, and I think on that note, um, that that's that's a big thing i think that's important right because uh you know talking about how dnd really uh, based dnd really only gives you one one toolbox um if if i decide in dnd to kill somebody it's very difficult i feel to fairly punish a character for his actions in dnd because what else was i going to do <laughs> that was the tool yeah. that you gave me you yeah. can't punish me by putting me in jail uh-huh. for 10 years for doing the thing that the only thing that i can do whereas in any other game that has a system you'd be like, okay yeah i mean sure you chose to kill this guy but theoretically i mean not that you were any good at these other options but you had all these other options and you went to something that you know in this society is illegal and that's a logical you can you can fairly put consequences to actions when there's other options and i think that's one of the reasons why i like and appreciate so much having those other systems even though i i'm almost always a combat character anyways when in, in games even if they do have a social system unless it's garwin yes that's true <laughs> uh, but then i i feel like the actions that i am doing and the fact that i'm choosing to make a violent uh, interaction with a character means something because it's not the only option and whoever's jamming can fairly uh you know put consequences to those actions without me being like but i literally had no other option uh yeah. and i really like that um because it makes doing that stuff mean something 
and it should because you're literally in most cases killing people um yeah which i think is why dnd often ends up feeling so murder hobo-y because there are very little consequences because there can't be or there wouldn't be a game yeah uh whereas um in in a game like fate or misborn system there, there can be i really appreciate that um mm-hmm. and uh i mean i think we've gotten a little lucky in that we're playing a post-apocalypse right now and so there isn't really anybody to do anything about it right now mm-hmm. but i'm sure that uh that uh, connor will find a way to try and bring the hammer down on on overly aggressive stuff um you know coming up because he's let us build that as the the norm and so eventually yeah. i'm sure that'll uh, he'll disrupt that intentionally um but yeah i i think that you know just to bring it back to the topic i think that that's another reason why fate having like a will track and the option to attack with you know rapport provoke or that kind of thing um which i think is how you would do it the you know i like that as just being able to interact with other systems, whether it's in a physical combat and you're helping as a social character or just a social combat, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think the one other thing we should talk about with fate is stunts. Mm-hmm. Um, stunts are a pretty important part of it, right? So obviously yeah. you have aspects and skills. Um, and then the way to really make your character feel very unique is to have stunts. Um, right. Stunts are special tricks that your character knows that allow you to get an extra benefit out of a skill or alter some other game rule to work in your favor. Stunts are like special moves in a video game, letting you do something unique and distinctive compared to other characters. Two characters can have the same rating and skill, but their stunts might give them vastly different benefits. Right. Um, so example that it gives here is Landon has a stunt called another round. It gives him a bonus to get information from someone with his rapport skill, provided that he is drinking with his target in a tavern. Nice. Uh, right. So, you know, get a plus two for that. Uh, so th- that's like um a lot of what makes fake characters feel really fun and unique um is mm-hmm. when they have interesting and unique stunts and there's a lot of examples that they give in the various books of fate um and honestly that's where i got mine from because I, I i i like going looking through all of those and like yeah. finding cool ones that i that i like uh, but you know you can make up your own and so right. that's what david and jared did with pretty much all of theirs uh, yeah. i think josh as well it's i really love that system i it's simultaneously the most fun and the most difficult part of the game, I think, because I mean, it, it doesn't have to be difficult. Like you said, there have, a, they have enough good options in the rule book that you can just look through and pick stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, you can also go online and find a bajillion uh, ones stunts exactly. made up by other people, but um, the game gives you a lot of very good, like pretty exhaustive uh, system of like, ideas and costs and um, it gives you guidelines to make guidelines. stunts yeah exactly it's very good about that and i i feel pretty confident building stunts without making them without that i feel are balanced you know especially as you get to read the ones that are already there you get an idea of what kind of stuff can be done yep. um but it, you're also it, basically it's like telling you that you can make up your own D class on the fly pretty much right mm-hmm. is this sort of how it feels for me where i'm like what abilities do i want to have cool i get to just make that up now i just have to make sure that they're balanced and we can move on and i really like that personally as a person who likes to make rules because like in, i like to write games and stuff uh and hence the um we were gonna do the uh misborn game hack and then we realized that it just wasn't enough it, stuff basically. to change yeah we basically <laughs> did it in two minutes on accident uh, at the end of one of the other last episodes. episode, <laughs> um, which I'd love to give a try sometime and see how it feels. But, mm-hmm. um, it, you know, somebody who likes to write rules. I love that. I, I can make up fate sense all day. I, I think that's really fun. Um, you know, I helped Jared make a lot of his and we talked about them at work before. And, uh, and we were talking about how it, for him and especially for me, like early on, I think uh, and for me as well, it's just like, there's so much freedom there to make your own that it can be kind of hard to figure out sometimes, even though they have the guidelines. Yeah. Um, but I think for the amount of freedom they give you, they do a really good job of pointing you in the right direction. Um, and it is usually pretty easy to tell if something's overpowered in fate <laughs> because you'll see it the first time and you'll be like, mm, no, there's something wrong with that. <laughs> we yeah. we got to do something about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, the first time that Jared cut a castle in half in our, uh, <laughs> our, um, they accelerated game of uh four horsemen we're like uh you sure right because it was like you didn't it was the stunt like cut anything in half like right right he because oh, that was sort of like he could he could um spend uh 
once per session, he could spend a fate point to cut anything in half. That's what it was. <laughs> uh, yeah, and eventually you realize, um, hmm, that that uh, that might uh, not work. Yeah, fate accelerated has this strange thing that I'm not sure I like, but it's also a lot of fun. Where you can get a stunt that basically just says you do a thing. Mm-hmm. There's no roll involved. I think it costs a fate point, but like once per session, you just do a thing. <laughs> so you pick to cut something in half, <laughs> which uh, ended a lot of the boss fights. Um, like he yep. basically just wait for it to get close to being killed, but then he cut them in half so it wasn't boring. But it's also <laughs> like we can never really lose this fight because Jared could always just cut them in half. Yeah. But I think didn't we like pair pair that down and it had to be like something of his size or smaller or something like that. Yeah, I think we put some size limits on it. Uh, <laughs> I think that was after you cut the castle in half. We're like, uh, <laughs> maybe it should be. I feel like, like a... I feel like he cut a dragon in half. I feel like that he did. was he did. I'm almost certain. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, so it, that's the kind of thing, right? Like, I, usually, if you go wrong in building a stunt, it's it's pretty obvious. Um, uh, I'm trying to find that game again so I can look at the stunts. Oh, yeah. Well, I have to say, I, I really like the stunt system. Um, I In the game we're in currently, I literally felt like I built myself a D&D class. Like, I even am familiar enough with the system that I built it such that it actually requires me to do stuff and, like, make decisions during the fight to get all of my bonuses so that it's not just... I just get a plus 10 when I shoot. It's like, okay, you know, I have to try and be creating an advantage for myself to take advantage of because I get bonuses for that beyond the normal bonuses. I have to try and hit the person because if I've hit them before, I get more bonuses. And, uh, you know, I can't remember what the other ones were, but basically it's like, it's, it allows you to build it such that it actually requires you to play well too um, in order to actually make use of all of them, which is more interesting than just having a, a giant bonus to one thing. Um, there are, there's one strange thing um, this is sort of just a quirk of the way that fate divides up its skills and actions which is if you have a bonus to attack with shoot let's say that bonus doesn't carry over to overcome actions which are mm-hmm. and we haven't really explained this yet so attack is like whenever you're attacking somebody's stress or consequences they make a defend action but if you're just yeah. trying to like overcome a static obstacle or overcome a person, it's an overcome role. It's just a, it's just a, a role against difficulty or like a challenge yeah. thing. Yeah. And then there's create advantage, which isn't really relevant for what I was saying here. And so like I was talking with Jared about how like, yeah, so my character, you know, in the middle of a fight might get a plus 10 to shoot somebody if he's attacking them. But as soon as he goes to hit like, you know, a stationary target, like let's say he's trying to knock down and like shoot a uh, rope for someone's hanging. He gets like nothing, <laughs> which is just super strange because it doesn't consider attacks and overcomes the same thing. Um, and so that I don't, I don't really know that this is a good way to fix that. I mean, I, I tried to fix it in my own iteration of the game by changing some of the systems uh, around, but like, as far as staying in the framework of fate, I don't really know how to fix that other than, also giving yourself bonuses to the other kinds of actions with the same skill. Yeah. Which I think is probably what you're meant to do because then your character feels like he's good at shooting, but he's not insane at shooting in any one way, which mm-hmm. is more balanced than the mechanics and is more cohesive as a character, but it's also a lot less amusing. Uh, so um, that is the one thing I'll say that I, I have always felt was a little strange about the way that the stunts work. Um, same thing with like, if I tried to create an advantage in my gun, I wouldn't be very good at it uh, comparatively. So, yeah. um, but beyond that, I, I really like that system. And like you said, it makes the characters feel really unique. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like for, for example, my, my character in, in Orphans of the American Dream, our post-apocalyptic fake game that we're currently doing right now, uh, has a, has a stunt called large ham, which lets me use rapport instead of provoke when trying to intimidate someone. So this is basically just me like, like as an actor, like I can fake being intimidating because I'm good at talking. Um, and so like that it's, it's fun because my character like is, you know, the kind of the talking guy, but I, he has a little bit of like an edge or darkness there that comes out every once in a while. But a lot of it is like me just having to be edgy because it, the situation demands it, not because I actually am. And so like, I'm not an intimidating person in real life and, and this alternate version, but I could pretend that I am. Yeah. Yeah. 
uh, and actually, yeah, just sorry. flavors things in a fun way. Yeah. That's actually one of my favorite things stunts do where it's like, okay, maybe you're really, in my instance, I'm really good at shooting, not so good at fighting. So it's like, yeah. well, what if you wanted to just use your shoot instead of fight? <laughs> and that's, a, I mean, it's not, it's not a carte watch. Like it's only for one action type. And um, so I can only do that when I'm attacking, can't do it when I'm defending. Uh, etc. But I mean, I could just get a different stunt to do that, I guess. But um, and it has to make sense, I suppose. Yeah. So, uh, but it's a fun way to do that. Like uh, one of the stunts in the book is you can use your shoot instead of notice as long as you shoot before you know what you're shooting. At. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I love that. It's ridiculous. And yeah. so things like that are really fun. And I think one of the main things that makes them that amusing, like gives them that flavor, is the narrative. Uh, there's a narrative requirement for every stunt, mostly, where it's like, okay this is the thing you can do, but it has to be under this narrative circumstance. If it was just like a, you can do a thing, it would be a lot less fun, but because there's a specific situation you have to come up with where it works, that gives the flavor, a lot of narrative flavor to whatever you're doing. Um, Mm -hmm. So for instance, like one of the stunts is like, you get a bonus to fighting when you're outnumbered. Uh, And so, you know, you get the, uh, what is it? The uh, Andre, the giant moment in, uh, uh princess pride was like you use different moves and you're fighting a whole group of people <laughs> just uh, one right. guy and then you know he's being choked out um this those kind of moments come from having those narrative expectations those narrative uh restrictions on yeah. the bonus and i really like that um i think that that is a big part of that flavor um and it's crazy to me how much of like a an interesting and unique flavor a character can get in fate with only basically only aspects a couple of skills and your special abilities, basically your stunts. Yeah. Um, and it's, it does a great job of building an interesting character without needing a whole bunch of stuff, like something like D and D would not that that is a problem, but it just, it uses so many few, so fewer parts to build something of, in my opinion, an equal engagement, you know, interest level, if not more, because you've put a lot more thought into it. Um, yeah. Your own creative thought into it. Yeah, yeah. So just picking it off the list, you know. Yeah, I, I'm just I grabbed the four horsemen world twenty again. Yeah, yeah. looking through it, and uh, so I, I forgot. So all of you had magic powers in that one, right? You all had like a particular magical ability yeah. that was true about your characters, and so Jared told chose like kinetic manipulation, and so basically it says, uh, yeah, it, it, his stunt is split because I have honed my skills with my magic. Once per session, I can cut anything within reason in half. That's the stipulation <laughs> we had, which is, but that's good because that I'm the reason in that the gm is the reason (laughs) so it's just up to me yep yeah jared's power was basically just yeah i mean kinetic manipulation is so universal it's very general yeah Yeah. Uh which is he does that a lot i mean in our i remember our uh we did a superhero game was that that was in mass though and his power was uh which to be fair it, it let him pick this power his power was uh like carbon manipulation or creation yeah. just makes diamonds. <laughs> I'm like Jared always just ends up with the most overpowered stuff, which is the point. I mean, he, he but but the it. thing is, I mean, honestly uh, though, the thing is with the reason why I think fate and masks are good examples of games that you can have those sorts of powers in oh, yeah. is because it doesn't actually like give you the narrative leeway to just do every anything like you have to right. do it by the moves you have available to you right or the stunts or yeah. the you know skills you have available to you and so like for you know for fate accelerated for example with this like he can in re- you know in theory do anything with kinetic manipulation but he has to roll high enough to do it yeah that's right? the thing is it, no matter what you narrate yourself doing your mechanical ability isn't necessarily better than anyone else's exactly so. it's just flavored differently and it can do pretty crazy things if you if we think it through and he gets stunt for it yeah um you know his other like once procession stunt is uh because i have kinetic and energy manipulation once procession i can completely nullify an attack using my magic um nice right <laughs> yeah so yeah and then my power was basically just like i couldn't die which didn't really die. happen yeah i almost never died. like i don't think it really ever came up i didn't really die so uh until the very end i think uh when it, like, i think you did out. i think you died several times um, well i think we used that as a thing i had a had a aspect where i could like commit suicide on somebody oh, that's why yeah because yeah, i so. i was like i never actually am going to use this power because it's fate and i'm never going to actually die so i made a different stunt where i was like basically i can just commit suicide and like 
double kill somebody and then i just respawn because that was my other power uh-huh. uh which <laughs> made it yeah, i think you did change that though because you don't have it on your sheet anymore um i feel like something happened have, to yeah. temper your i don't remember i need i feel i want to listen to that it's been a while that was, yeah that was fun yeah um because i i want to listen to it because i feel like there was a direction that i was thinking that we could take it and like can do another session of it um so i want to i want to see yeah we had the like the group splits out the seasons yeah Kind of split moment, but yeah. Uh, cool. Any anything else you want to talk about with with fate? Uh, I mean, giving it like a review, you know. In terms yeah, of, I mean, like like when I went to build my own RPG system, I used Fate Accelerated as the bones, which I feel like says a lot about how I yeah. feel about it. Like, yeah. there are things that aren't my favorite about Fate Core, and there are mm-hmm. things that aren't my favorite about Fate Accelerated. And so I was like, I want to try and build my own version in the middle somewhere, right? Like, uh, my biggest bone to pick with Fate Core is I. I don't super love the um, advancement system. It's not really my thing. Uh, I feel like you have to spend all your resources on a lot of stuff you don't necessarily care about. Unless I'm just, unless we just totally misunderstand the way that the system works because it's worded a Which little strangely. Might. Yeah, it feels that way. I might just be missing it, it entirely. Um, and then Fate Accelerated just doesn't have very much advancement compared to me because yep. you're not using skills and stuff. And yep. so... When I went to build my own, I was like, I want to have advancement, but I want my own version of the advancement. Yeah. Um, and also built around the sort of changes I made in the system. And so, but, but all that to say, I mean, I built the system around a combination of those two versions of fate because I love the core of what it does, that loop of the aspects and compels and fate points. And I love... Um, just sort of the freedom you have to build pretty much any character, which is the thing I really wanted because our group specifically, we are all, we never want to be like, we're going to do exactly what this setting does. We almost always just make up our own stuff. Even if yeah. we're emulating a setting like Mistborn, we did Mistborn and then he, Connor decided to like to change the way the cosmology was and stuff, you know, cause that's just how mm-hmm. we like to do it. And so I wanted to build a system that worked around that and fate made so much more sense than anything else because it just gives you so much freedom um, and that's my, that's probably ultimately my favorite thing is it gives you all this freedom, then it respects it incredibly well and makes it an incredibly integral part of the mechanics. Um, and for me, I think that's the biggest thing. It takes your creative input and treats it as the most central part of the game loop. And that I think is probably the reason ultimately that I like the system so much. Um, mm-hmm. cause a lot of other games either don't give you that much creative freedom or they give it to you and then they just ignore it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and so I, yeah, I really, really like that about fate. And I think it's a pretty decent system to introduce people to role-playing with as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. so all, all those reasons together, it's, it's definitely one of my favorite. I always say that like on the rules light side, my favorite is fate on the rules, heavy side. My favorite is brain wheel. Yeah. And um and that's why I was trying to put bonds somewhere in between, basically. Uh mm-hmm. because you know, I, I but I love both those systems and fate fate on the side where you're like, if you're if you're not interested in every tiny little bonus until it matters, fate I think is pretty much your best option, um, in my opinion, from what I've played. Uh yeah. Even putting it up against Powered by the Apocalypse, which I also love. But if I had to choose one or the other, I think I would pro- personally pick fate just because I like how much freedom it gives you. Yeah. Don't die, David. Hopefully there's not a flood in your area. Um, It's an amber alert. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Fate is definitely one of my favorite systems too. I'm trying to, I was just thinking through as you just said that, I was like, is that, is Fate my second favorite game? Like, because obviously Burning (laughs) Wheel is my favorite. Right, right. But like, I just don't, I don't know. Like, I feel like I I appreciate so many different things about so many different systems. And they're all so different from each other and mm-hmm. i they're they have a different feel like at my favorite role-playing game is whatever i'm playing at the moment um, right of course yeah okay let, let's be real burning wheel is my favorite role-playing game my second favorite role-playing game is whatever i'm playing at the moment right yeah <laughs> exactly um yeah I, I think for me the reason i came to that conclusion was because i feel like if i wanted to play a game if i came up with an idea for a game but i didn't have a system in mind i would either go to burning wheel if it fit that system or i would go to fate personally for any other setting exactly um (laughs) and you know sometimes i might think oh it might be fun to burn a a power by the apocalypse version of this depending on the thing you know sometimes that's false because just it's just a very fun setup but yeah if i didn't feel like doing all the gm work involved in that which isn't terrible but is is involved 
uh, I would, or like hacking orc, I should say, I would definitely be interested in fate. Um, and so I guess, honestly, that just means to me that like, it, it must be my other favorite game because yeah. it's just, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, that's, that's a good thing to bring so out too because i mean fate can do a lot of stuff right it's very flexible yeah um, there's very little it can't do it, it really but, like we said earlier grimdark is yeah. the only thing it struggles with yeah yeah and, and so like but but what you brought up there right power but power by the apocalypse is a is a contender for it but in a, in a different way right fate is the sort of game where you can be like mm-hmm. we're gonna do this setting and then we'll just like use the actual rules of the game just to flavor it certain like you'll yeah. change some names of the skills you know change <laughs> right. that's the, basically all you need to do yeah. powered by the apocalypse like the bones are always the same but like you you have to revamp the entire thing if you're doing yep. like because power by the apocalypse is so like we are going to use these base mechanics to then forge a very specific system for oh, yeah. this specific thing which is why i did sh- show tunes in Powered by the Apocalypse, because I was like, this is a very unique exactly. idea, yeah. and it needs a system that can, like, yep. be easy to understand, but can, like, the 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 branches that come out from that tree need to be, like, unique and, and right. interesting and very Has specifically focused. Yeah, yeah. because, like, like, we could have done uh, the musical RPG in Fate, yeah. but, like, why? But yeah, why Fate would we, wouldn't right? have given you any, or many tools, really, to... to, yeah. to to make that musical theme come out right and exactly. I, ironically powered by the apocalypse and fate inhabit the same space and that they're both pretty rules light they're both pretty easy to write comparatively to the games that, pe- that people right. like you know like D yeah, burning exactly. wheel on the spectrum they're pretty rules light. <laughs> uh, yeah. but ironically they occupy totally opposite spaces and that one is hyper focused in like the most hyper focused way which is obviously powered by apocalypse. I like your yeah. character, right? Like you get a sheet that tells you who your character is practically. You get some options. I yeah. mean, who they can be, right? Like you've got a bunch yeah. of different options, but there's a very set feel there when you pick yep. the thing. And then there's fate, which is like, tell me who your character is. They've got blank slates, right? Yeah. So it's like, it's, they're funny that they're in the same sort of mechanical area, but narratively and, and practically, they're just totally polar opposites. It feels very different. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, and and speaking of, both. yeah, exactly. Speaking of Powered by the Apocalypse, just as a fun side note, um, we did uh, Thursday, we did uh, a game of a uh, session of Mar- Monster Hearts. Oh, yeah. I know you've been um, to do that for a long time. Yeah, I have. Oh, and <laughs> when we actually like sat, like at first I was like, because it was uh, Terranolis people, it was like, mm-hmm. um, we, we've more or less wrapped all of the side story stuff that we were doing for Terranolis and we're quickly approaching the climax of the entire campaign. And oh, so wow. we didn't want to like s- start new side stories. Right, and so yeah. we're like, well, what can we do? Like if Jordan happens to be f- not free for a couple sessions, you know, a couple Thursdays in between now and when we finish the campaign, let's, mm-hmm. what's something that we want to do? Like in the meantime, right. we decided to do Monster, Monster Hearts because I suggested it. I like told, I was like, here's what it is. And immediately like Emily and Alyssa were like, yes, teenage monsters, like wrote, like we want to do that like that sounds yeah. awesome but then when we were looking through the rules we're like holy crap this is just gross oh i'm sure right it it's <laughs> it's just kind of gross but yeah. but we were like okay well, we'll we're gonna do it anyway and we're gonna tame it right we're gonna reword okay, the moves yeah. so that when it when it talks about sex it's actually talking about like it, it, romance and intimacy mm-hmm. like in in a romantic sense <laughs> and so we're like taming yeah. it a little bit and honestly it worked really well like we did it thursday and yeah. Uh, there was a lot of fun stuff going on yeah. um and the the moves were very interesting the theme the feel of it was very unique um but uh and we didn't get into any grossness so that was that was Sounds fun. fun yeah i i am not surprised to hear that it was the case i mean i feel like a game about high school dating is gonna trend that way anyways a game about high school dating with monsters i feel like is already way past that line i mean yeah so many monsters are already like weird mind controlly stuff and weird uh, you know that it's like it's just doesn't has near doesn't have anywhere else to go but it's yeah, cool we have, yeah we, it, we have a vampire a ghost and a hollow which is basically like someone who has no past or memories and they don't oh, know okay. who they are nice nice <laughs> that's so, awesome it's it's been fun so far um, but yeah, that's an example of a of a very specific powered by the apocalypse right. game. Yeah, um, and that's that's again something you could do in Fate Accelerated or Fate Core, but it wouldn't have that same really hyper focused flair that yeah, powered by the powered by the apocalypse can do. Yeah, uh, so that's the thing, right? Anytime you have a game built for a very specific thing, usually that game, assuming it's well written, will do better than a game that is written for anything like Fate. Yep, uh, mm-hmm. but oftentimes 
if you don't like exactly what it's doing, <laughs> you don't have any a lot of control over it without doing some work. Whereas Fate Accelerated and Fate Core come to the table expecting you to put in some some yeah creative work, right? Uh, and of course, if you're worried about building your own world or something, you just play Star Wars in it. It works fine, and then you yeah. don't have to worry about that. And you know, Star Wars has its own system, but maybe you don't feel like learning that whole system. Yeah, because um, that's the other thing, right? You can jump from Star Wars to Lord of the Rings to your own stuff and not have to learn a single new rule because it's true. Yeah, it's all the same, right? Um, so as long as those rules are fun, and I think that they are, I think they do a great job. It's really not. It doesn't really harm you any to. to use a generic system, even though it doesn't have necessarily the same specific mm-hmm. flair that a game written for it might. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing with any system, right? Like, course, and, yeah. and this is something we'll, we'll, we'll talk about like probably a lot as we continue the, the podcast is um, like any system, even if it is like a system or like a setting neutral and tries to like be as neutral as possible, it's going to still have its own feeling and flair. Course, yeah. And, and so if you, yeah, mechanically. Right. And so, you know, fate, even though it can do pretty much like you can sit down and just say, I am going to do this thing and you can do it in fate. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't mean that it's going to feel like you want it to feel in fate yeah. right because of the way that fate works and the same goes with like a system like gurps for example right yeah, yeah. gurps is like in its theory in theory it's like you can do anything in this game it is the the system yeah. for any possible anything but like the way that it actually comes out feeling is a particular way right, right. and it's yeah. a, a way that it's let's i mean if for some people it's i'm sure very fun for me it's just way too complicated yeah um and i think say with hero system right oh yeah definitely <laughs> just and, and it did give max. us a yeah. it, it did give us a very particular fun. feel, right? Yeah, it, it, yeah. it was a very it was like we really liked the the hit locations, like that was really fun. Yeah, Whenever yeah. you got a thirteen and got to hit someone in the crotch, like it was <laughs> yeah. like, Gosh. that's funny, or right? For us as teenagers, yeah. exactly, right? right. Um, yeah, those sorts of things are interesting. You can play with your own. Like it was obviously very focused on like powerful abilities, like superpowers right. and stuff, because yeah. that was what it originally was for. Yeah. Uh, that's what Hero System was was made for. In the first place, but anything you do is going to have its own feel. It's just whether or not that feel fits the theme, like the actual setting you're going to be playing or not. Um, and if, yeah, if you don't want to learn a new system. Right. That's what I feel like sets Fate apart from other generic systems. It still has that definitely, but because so much of the game is derived from the narrative, it yep. tends to have more of the narrative feel of whatever you're playing just by yep. nature of the mechanics. Um, and I think, like I said, the, the only one real mechanical restriction you end up having with it is that your characters are very difficult to kill. <laughs> yeah, it's very difficult to kill a character, and they if they have a fate point, they can just spend it and not die. And they have to so it never free. feels like they're in danger a lot of times. Exactly, it is. It does struggle with that as far as like if you're trying to like do like a Cthulhu game. Although with the will track, you could do a pretty good job of that, especially because most characters won't actually do a good job of making a willful character i mean there is a there's actually like a call of cthulhu fate yeah yeah like particular hack like which i think would work really well actually um but you know that's also a thing that you can get around with good narration you can make a thing scary and if you really are wanting to play a system where the characters are in danger a lot you just make the enemies stronger and they're going to struggle because it doesn't take a lot where if an enemy's bonus is higher than yours doesn't take too much higher before they can start just become really difficult to deal with. Um, Mm -hmm. And honestly, in our game, the only reason that we've had so little trouble is because we have a lot of stunts and a lot of synergy. Connor's been pretty generous in that. He's not given his enemy or enemies, a lot of stunts. He's given them pretty high bonuses, but um, just comparatively, they don't end up rolling insane amounts like we do, which is probably good or we would die because there's usually more of them. But uh, you know, it, it gives you the tools to manipulate it if you need to. If you if you're like, okay, we want to play in like a historical medieval setting, you know, you might it might take a little bit of work and awareness of a system to get that to come across, but it can because it has such a narrative of yeah. uh, uh, focus in the mechanics. Yeah, um, and I think that's probably a good point to yeah. bring up about it. Is like fate f- focuses very much on like the uh, kind of like I think maybe a good word for it is like cinema cinematic, right? Definitely. Um, yeah. And and by virtue of that because of the way film works right you can frame your shots all sorts of different ways right and so you can have the cinema feel of anything i think it's still that still limits ultimately how what you can do with it right because you can't do a a intense literary novel feel because that's not yeah that's not fate at all um right uh, uh burning wheel certainly right, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's true yeah, yeah you can do that you can do that epic historical literary novel no problem with with yeah. burning wheel um 
but uh, fate has a very particular focus, and that is the focus of like uh, the the camera in in film. And, yeah. and if you can frame it like that, then fate fate's got you covered. Yeah. Um, fate lives or dies on your ability to evoke the feeling through like narration and and so like that yeah. of whatever setting you're in. Um, and yeah, I think like you said, if you can imagine it like a camera, you can imagine it like a an, a, a movie setting. And movies can be about pretty much anything. Then you can you can pull off that feeling. But you're right, like. I, I can't imagine fate ever doing the kind of feel that you get in burning wheel, um, especially because burning wheel is just on the spectrum of like lethality. There's just so burning wheel is hard. Like it's difficult. Yeah. It, it makes you work to get what you want. Fate is not. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think that especially is the biggest thing. It's just like, Every time I roll in Burning Wheel, I'm like, ah, this could go so badly. And in Fate, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. if I fail, I'll just spend a Fate point. Uh-huh, exactly. Uh, so yep. it's like... that. that it's funny, it's funny. It, like, this is one of the things that's come up then, because Josh is, has Burning Wheel in his brain. Um, yeah. Where, as we're, as we're um, playing Fate, and so he's, like, trying to think through all of his, like, aspects that he can use, and we're like, no, you just gotta, you can roll, and then we can just yeah. do it after the fact. And it's he's like, yeah, I keep forgetting that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's another thing. Is mechanically, it's a very forgiving game. I think that's the biggest thing, right? Is it takes a lot of that narrative fear away, or sorry, mechanical yep. fear away, which also inherently takes some narrative fear away and, and player like anxiousness out, which can be nice, but also makes it difficult for to elicit that feeling. Um, which I mean, you can always just tweak the mechanics a little bit; you'd be there. Yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's, fun fun side note about Burning Wheel, uh, just because these are fun to bring up. Uh, mm-hmm. Last night we did uh, Death and Madness, that Burning Wheel game I'm doing right mm-hmm. now, and um, uh, Maria's character, Carly's roommate, um, is you know this witch queen person, um, mm-hmm. not an actual queen, but like she's part of the leader of a cult at, right. basically at this point. Um, and she has been slowly advancing down the corruption track. Uh, I think she's at six corruption oh now. Okay, um, and she has been getting like all of the traits she's gotten she's able to like none of them are like that bad like she's able to like oh, really? make nice. it make it cool with her character instead of not cool yeah. right uh right. and so um seth uh seth mosley's character um it's what uh, has joined her cult r- recently oh, no. and um and he started down the corruption track oh, himself and he just advanced his first uh, advance with with corruption he got yeah. forked tongue which is like a call on for for falsehood right so he's like cool yeah, like yeah. i'm good at lying and then but the second one he got just right away was diseased oh nice <laughs> nice well done <laughs> so he's now like wrapped up like a leper and oh, gosh. <laughs> it's just like this is this is the price of evil my friends and this yeah. that's the sort of thing that bernie wheel will do to you that fate oh, yeah. would never do to you right yeah. yeah you'd have to work pretty hard to get fate to be that like yeah at that point you'd be working probably against fate i think almost um yeah, yeah that's, that's nice. it would just have to be uh, up to the player at that point right it would be the player just right. like i want to get a disease like you yeah. would never be able to as the gm <laughs> yeah. have a consequence exactly. be like you're now diseased <laughs> yeah i mean at least not without being beforehand being like look i'm gonna put down some pretty harsh stuff on you guys yeah. be ready yeah. for it yeah uh, but with corruption it's like this is the roll yeah, of the dice like, corruption corrupts your table half of it's the worst half of it's uh-huh. okay <laughs> yeah so yeah yep oh, half of it's the worst in a different way <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yep. but yeah yeah i think that's it's pretty much all i had to say about fate i think those are most of my thoughts it's mm-hmm. overall definitely a good game and i have very few yep. i have very few gripes with it and mostly i think they're just down to me either having a different philosophy of like for for instance with advancement like how, how i'd like it to be yeah. or maybe just completely misunderstanding the system i've read it like 10 times and i still don't really think that i get it <laughs> because mm-hmm. the way that it reads just doesn't make sense to me so i'm like i can't be understanding this but also i can't not be understanding it i've read it 10 times <laughs> so yeah yeah i don't know but mm-hmm. yeah i mean so we've, we've done a lot of fun fun fake games in the past oh, yeah. um and uh i mean i think just as the last maybe one last note is like you know the first day we, thing we did with it fake Cora, we did uh the promise to safe return which is like a mm. high fantasy brandis anderson style epic fantasy um with also some different magic systems and honestly right. i feel like fate really helped helped us get those feels across like that we wanted with the magic yeah, like yeah. um because of the way that it was able to be 
because because we could make the magic a, a skill and then it could have stunts based off of it and right. like advantages that are created to help it like it, it felt really cool uh, and balanced right in a way that mistborn right. a lot yeah. of times just didn't feel and because yeah. it, it works sort of a, sort of a similar way right where it was like you have a power and it has a rating and you have skills and they have ratings or, yeah. or stats or whatever but they didn't um, but add together they didn't really add together in a in a, in a way that make, made sense right. right either it was too much with like exactly. pewter or it was not enough with yeah. like rioting it didn't help you at right? all or it was like exactly super OP, yeah but with fate we were like okay cool like we have this epic fantasy world that we've now created as a group and we have all these magic systems we know how they work now we got it we know we can sit down with this system and make it all make sense in the rules and it was a lot of fun right we had your your character had like weird like marking information magic magic system right right? and that we that was so fun because it like yeah. it was just creating an advantage. It was like, right. I marked this exactly. guy, create an advantage. He has a marker on him. Now I know stuff about him. I can yeah. kill him better. That's like, it was, it was a lot of fun. The thing that's great about it is because there's a, cause Mistborn didn't have that, right? You, you just exactly. did the thing. So you're either using your magic totally or not at all. Yep. Or in the case of Peter, just also. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, with fake salary, it's like, okay, if you're not great at magic, that's fine. Use it to you. Like, create an advantage, do what you're good at, which I think was my case. But if you're yep. really good with magic, then do the other way around. You, maybe you're not very strong, but maybe you can like create an advantage to set something up and then you benefit your magic and use that. And yeah. And that was, really, and that was Connor's character, right? He had yeah. like weird lore things going on right. with his like magic book and he was <laughs> doing right. lots of stuff with that. Yep. And then we had Jared uh, and Jared and Trevor's characters uh, had the, the the yellow eye magic system which was like right. monster hunting and that's you got traits right. based on yeah, the monster you killed yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um cool. and so that was a lot of fun for them because they could they, again create an advantage you can have lots of stunts based off of that um and lots of narrative opportunities to use like beast strength in various ways right, because you yeah. killed this lion right like that's you know just fun stuff like that mm-hmm. and, it, and it helped us fill out the system this the magic systems themselves too because oh, yeah, we, sure. we had to think about how it would work in this yeah. like is that in is the that game reasonable is it not reasonable how do we put a limit yeah. on this because <laughs> that's the other nice thing about you know like with that system or with that idea of using the game to build the system is you know if you're writing a narrative in your head you might be like okay this is they can do this cool stuff it's awesome it's super overpowered and as soon as you get into a game you're like all right cool but <laughs> this character is going to totally overshadow everybody else how do i put yep. limits and stuff on this that make it one fair but also then more interesting because like brand sanderson says uh magic is more interesting in what it can't do than what it can do and so all of a sudden something that might be just kind of like a cool power fantasy becomes like actually an interesting system because you're forced to balance it in some way not that every magic needs to be balanced every other magic but it helps you at least think about it yep Mm -hmm. yeah so that's an interesting yeah yeah, we had we had a lot of fun with Fate, and we're continuing oh, yeah. to have a lot of fun Definitely. with Fate. Um, and you know, if you want to see us play it, you can go check out Orphans of the American Dream. And if you give on the Patreon, patreon.com slash Powers, you can insert yourself as an alternate version of yourself in the post-apocalypse and uh, probably yeah. get killed by David. I'd say, yeah, roll a D100. <laughs> if you get an 80 or lower, you die by me, probably. <laughs> Although, maybe not anymore. We'll see. Who knows? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You did just change your trouble. So yeah, I didn't just get told what for by Jared. So here we go. But cool. Well, that has been uh, yeah. our uh, episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, thanks guys for joining us. Uh, hopefully you guys will check out fate. Honestly, I think it's worth it. Um, so mm-hmm. thanks again for, for hanging out. Uh, we hope you've been inspired to play more role-playing games. Have a good one. Adios.